0: Welcome to today's teaching service you're listening to the first century apostolic church fcac temagana we preach Teach and live the complete and unadulterated Word of God, with genuine miracles, signs, and wonders taking place at every meeting with the Holy Spirit. Our aim is to follow in the steps of the apostles and disciples of the first century church founded by our Lord Jesus. Prepare yourselves, therefore, for a powerful encounter with the Word and power of God brought to you by Reverend Dr. V.C.Y. Edwards, the General Overseer of FCAC. He is a seasoned man of God who is blessed with a powerful teaching and deliverance ministry. I encourage you, therefore, to join us every Tuesday at our teaching services at 7 p.m. prompt. You will be truly blessed. God bless you as you join us in the service.
1: Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Shall we all put our hands together for Jesus? And are we glad to be here this evening? If we are, then let's all say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Holy Spirit. And let's say thank you, Father. Shall we pray? Our Father who art in heaven, we thank you for this meeting. Lord, we thank you more especially for your presence with us tonight. For Lord, you are a faithful God in that each and every time that we gather here, you are always with us. We therefore come to you once again in the name of Jesus and we come through the power of the Holy Spirit. Be with us, Lord. For Lord, without you we can do nothing. Give us your word, give us understanding. Give us humble spirits, and Lord. We walk in Your Word, that You may receive us and bless us. We thank You in Jesus' name, Amen. Let's all be seated. This is when we are looking at in the beginning, part two, part two of in the beginning. Last week we looked at part one. Part one, sorry. Last week, we looked at part one. In this meeting, we're looking at part two of in the beginning. The beginning. The beginning is always important. The beginning is always very important. In everything, the beginning is the foundation, where the foundation is laid. And that's where almost always, there's a lot of Controversy, lack of understanding, misunderstanding. And it's the place that the devil attacks most. When the devil is able to knock down the beginning, the whole structure falls. Once the beginning, the foundation is knocked off, the whole structure falls. So it's important that we understand how it all began the beginning genesis 1 verses 26 to 31. i would like a bit i would like the mid-range to go down a bit and more of the beast take the mid-range down a bit and then give you more uh, make it a bit heavier so genesis 1 26 to 31 if we there say, Amen. And this evening we have our brethren in Nibuay Town, and Michelle Camp, plus our social media family live with us. Live with us. So Genesis chapter 1, beginning from verse 26 and ending at verse 31. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the bears of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So, God created man in his own image And God said, See, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth, and every tree whose food yields seed. To you it shall be for food. Also, to every beast of the, of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth, in which there is life, I've given every green herb for food, and it was so. Then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the end of the sixth day. Now, according to the book of Genesis, which is the word of God, what God's word said, what God is saying, that He, God, created the world, and all that is in it. Because when it comes to the beginning of everything, like I said, the whole story rests on the foundation of the beginning. And when the beginning is disputed, when there's debate, doubt, and other theories competing regarding the beginning, then there's chaos, there's confusion, and the whole structure falls down. So it's important that our Christians and in fact the whole world gets to know and accept that there was a beginning and the beginning of how things began is what God is written here what God has written here in his word. So God created the world and all that is in it in six days. In six days, the Bible says it was evening and morning, first day, evening and morning, second day. So, in six days, God created the entire world and everything that is in it. Then He declared it all to be very good. Everything that God does is excellent, and that's why. Every good gift and every perfect gift that comes to us is from God. The devil has no good gift. The devil has nothing near perfection to give to anybody. Every good gift and every perfect gift that God gives to us is from God. So when God looked at all his creation... At the end of the six days, God himself declared that it was very good. Very, very good. As is written in Genesis 1, verse 31. Then God saw everything that he had made. And indeed, it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. The Bible then said that God rested on the seventh day genesis 2 1-3 god having finished all his work in six days the bible said he rested on the seventh day genesis 2 verses 1-3 to that the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished finished and on the seventh day god ended his work which he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it, because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. In fact, when we say all his work, in fact, this includes all the work, all that was to happen afterwards, until the end of time. God didn't just finish his work in six days and then rest on the seventh day and then continue on the eighth day. But the word rest here means that he sees from his work. He sees from his work. Everything was finished. All things were finished. It was now time for the manifestation the things that God had done for all eternity until the end of time to begin to manifest. Because God didn't have to spend time energy doing anything. He only spoke the word. He only spoke it and the things that were not came to being. So Bible even before the foundation of the world, before time began God foreknew he foreknew some of us and though that he foreknew before time began part of the way that he did was to predestine us to predestine those who he foreknew to be conformed into the image of his son who was to come thousands of years later to the image of jesus christ who was to come later there were some who were predestined during the six days of work, to be conformed into the image of his son. So that Jesus will be the firstborn among many brethren. So when Christ comes, he will be the firstborn among many believers, many who believe in him. And these are the ones that we call the elect. Those that were elect were predestined before time began. And that's why some find it almost impossible to accept the word of God. God, it may very well be that they are not, or they were not among the elect. And therefore, their worship of God is all emotional, lacks foundation, lacks root, and at the slightest instance of temptation or trial they fall away they fall away that's why very few there's only very few who make it to heaven and i thank god that in this church all of us are making it to heaven in jesus name say a better amen Amen. so when we say god rested on the seventh day doesn't mean that he was tired you are resting from tiredness or you're resting because of tiredness Because after all, God only had to speak the word, and things that were not were created from things that were invisible. And that's why your miracle, my miracle, whatever God has destined and planned for you at the appointed time, at the appointed time, He only had to speak the word, and it shall come to pass. May He speak that word for you tonight. May God speak that miracle into your life tonight. In the name of Jesus. Clap your two hands for Jesus. You see, God existed before the creation. God who created all things, who, who was the, 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 the worker of creation, existed before the creation. The creation didn't exist before God. But God pre-existed the creation. And he called the physical world, the thing that we see, the thing that we see, the physical world, into existence from nothing. From nothingness or from nothing, God simply called the thing that we see into existence. And that is the power of the God that we serve. That is the majesty of the God that we worship. A lot of times, people tend to equate, they tend to equate nature or the world on the same level as God or even higher than God. And therefore, they belittle God because they fail to understand the power the authority of the god that we're talking about he's almighty god blessing also he he pre-existed before the creation he was there before creation. because he created creation praise the lord when we go to john chapter one which we all know very well john's gospel chapter one verses two and three john chapter one Verse 2 and 3. John 1, verses 2 and 3. The Bible said that He was in the beginning with God. And the word beginning here is not the beginning of God. He was in the beginning with God. That the beginning of time, the beginning of the creation. Jesus was with God. All things were made through Him. And without him nothing was made that was made. So before the beginning God was already there. Then when you go to Hebrews 11 verse 3, Hebrews 11 verse 3 Hebrews 11 verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. It takes faith to understand this. It takes faith to acknowledge or to accept this, and only those who have faith, not only will they accept it, but they they know that yes. There are some things that may not be visible in their lives now. But God only has to speak the word. And those things will come to pass. In the name of Jesus. Just amen. amen. By faith we understand. That the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things. Which are visible. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You see pagan religions other religions teach that the material universe, pagan religions teach, believe that the material, the physical universe that we see is eternal. In other words, the world pre-existed God. The worlds were there before God. Most pagan religions believe this. And they also believe, therefore, that it is the physical world the material world that brought forth their gods. In other words, their gods came out of the physical or material world. That's why they have the, the god of harvest. They have the god of uh, rain. They have the god of um, uh, god for everything. Even god of food. Because they believe that the gods, and that's why they have many gods, they have a multiplicity of gods. Not one god, but many gods. So it is nature in it's the universe, the physical world, that yielded, produced these gods to help mankind, to help men. Therefore, the universe was there, the world was there before the gods came. Praise the Lord. And therefore, they worship many gods, not one god. That you know, if you a worshiper of the god of rain. Uh, yeah, maybe you are looking for rain, but if you are a worshiper of the God of, of marriage, we, then you worship, you are looking for marriage. Depending on what you are looking for, that the God that you worship. Uh, we have a God who is able to supply our every need in the name of Jesus. Clap your hand for Jesus. But Genesis describes described God as, a, as clearly superior to the physical world. Genesis' account of God, from what we have, that we have read, describes God as superior to the physical world. You see, what we are learning today, what we are hearing today, most people in the world will reject it. They will refuse to accept it. Because it doesn't fit their belief. It doesn't fit their narrative. It doesn't fit what 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 they know and it looks too simple it looks too simple Well, you see when you think of science you think of medicine whatever man has discovered I, I i like when you use the word discovered you see because only god can create we only discover what god has already created and then when we discuss a small part of what god has done then we become pompous become arrogant proud what God has done already, what God has created already, before, you know, at the beginning, we as humans are cracking our brains to understand little by little chips of it. And then when we discover something small, then we feel very great. But we fail to understand that Somebody made it all. It's taken us all these thousands of years to come to where we are, but the one who made them made them all in six days. Just clap your hands for Jesus. Six days. Six days. And it was all done. God created the world in an orderly fashion. It was not a chaotic way of doing things, and the world did not, therefore did not just evolve on its own. The world did not come to to be because of evolution. There are people who call themselves evolutionists. They they believe that the, 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 the theory of evolution, things just began to happen, and then one thing led to the other, and that's where we are, where we are now. They believe that even human beings came from the sea. We were, before, we were all fish. You and I were fish in the sea. And then uh, we we're lucky not to have been caught by fishermen therefore we came out to the sea and uh, little by letter became cavemen and uh, now we are where we are now these are the theory, the theory of evolution but the bible doesn't say so god created man in his own image in his own likeness the two are the same Image and likeness, are no difference. It's, it's, it's for emphasis. God made man in his likeness in his image for emphasis. They are the same. Likeness and image are not different different from one another. It's the same. Um, the world certainly did not did not happen by accident. Didn't happen by accident. The world as we see it now, the earth, did not come to be by accident. And when it, came, when it comes to man and woman, man and woman, <laughs> men and women were created on the sixth day. The last day of the creation, when God had made everything, he had created everything, then he created man in his own likeness, in his own image, to have dominion over his creation. Somebody has to be in charge. Somebody has to be the custodian or the steward of god's creation god had made all these things so beautiful so very good he wouldn't just leave it to chance leave it to just be there somebody has to be in charge and it cannot be just anybody that somebody could not be anybody but somebody who is very much like God himself. If you have anything that you have toiled, worked hard to acquire something that you have, I think is very good. You want to maintain the goodness. You want to maintain the perfection. And you will not just leave it without any supervision. And if you're going to select someone to take care of it, you want somebody who bear your image, somebody who have your likeness, who have the same mentality as you are, who take very good care of it. And that's what God did by creating man. So you were created on the sixth day. Genesis 1, when you say that's our text. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26-28, which I've just read. And God created man before the Sabbath rests. On the sixth day. On the seventh day, he rested. Now, when you go to Genesis 2, verses 7 to 9. Genesis 2, 7 to 9. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. The Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground, the Lord God made every tree as a pleasant to the the sight, and good for food the tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil the tree of the knowledge of good and evil so god formed man on the dust of the earth man was like a statue earth and when god breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life Man became a living being. Man became a living being. A living being. Man became a living being. Signifying three parts of man. The breath of life and the spirit of man that keeps person alive. God, life comes from God. In him was life, the life of the light of man. You know life all life comes from god so god imparted life to that which he formed from the earth the ground man became a living being living here may refer to the soul man became a living being living being became like a soul Conscious, man became conscious. Oh, this is this is me. This is I, Adam. Oh, my head, my nose. You know, man suddenly became. Oh, this is me. So man became a living being because the spirit of God that is in him that keeps him alive. Now consciousness that is the soul, and that that came from the earth is the body, and that is why uh, after the fall the body, you know undergoes corruption not just the body but the whole nature because nature the trees the rivers everything that we see in the world we're all subject to man man was given authority over these things so if man is to go through corruption that decay man is to age grow age become old and eventually die then that same thing applies to nature also Nature also undergoes corruption. Trees grow up big and then they also die. Animals die. Even rivers dry up. Everything undergoes decay. So God breathed life into the nostrils of man that he formed from the earth, from the ground, and you and I became living beings. So at the end of our lives, when the time comes for us to go to be with our Maker. The first thing we do is to give back to God that life that He gave us. Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Stephen said it. When this breath of life leaves, then life for that person comes to an end. Well, Here in this life. Uh, the soul goes to sleep and the body is buried. Earth to earth. Ashes to ashes. The body goes back to where it was taken from. That the end, that the way of all the earth. David said it. I go the way of all the earth. No one can escape it. doesn't matter what you believe, what you think. No one can escape That's how things are ordained, have been ordained by God. Just say amen. amen. Therefore, as long as we breathe, we draw we have breath in our nostrils. Breath in our nostrils. We, we Using that breath that God gives us, God gave us in, in this life, we have to use it wisely. We have to live our lives wisely with the intent that he who made us and have made a provision for us that at the end of this life we shall be with him and not with the enemy, not with Satan, we shall all be very careful to be with God for all eternity and never, in fact, a fearful thing to even consider that one will spend eternity with God's enemy, the devil, Satan. May we all spend eternity in heaven, church. Amen. Let's clap our hands together for Jesus. <clears throat> Genesis again, 2. Verses 21 to 25. Same Genesis 2. 21-25. Genesis 2-21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam. And he slept. He took one of his ribs and closed out the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man he made into a woman. And he brought her to the man and adam said this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall become one flesh and they were both naked the man and his wife and were not ashamed so we see how we all know how woman was was taken out of man. Taken out of man. Man was created from dust of the earth. A woman was taken from man. So when, when a man joins his wife, then the man becomes one flesh. As if that rape that was taken away had not been placed back. So now the man feels very happy. The woman also is happy. The rape is back. The man has got his rape back. So It's a win-win situation. Praise the Lord. May you all have that win-win situation. Clap your hands for Jesus. The Bible says that they were both naked. The man and his wife. And were not ashamed. Not ashamed here, referring to the period of innocence. There's a period of innocence. Before sin came into the world, man or men and women, or Adam and Eve, they lived in a time of innocence, in, in, in the sense that they didn't, know, they didn't know any sin. They didn't know what was called sin. They only knew good, because they were made in the likeness of God, in the image of God. And in God, there's no sin, there's no bad, there's no evil. So, man and woman, initially, were created in a state of innocence, in the same way as when a child is born. You know, when children are born, you see they start life in a period of innocence, in a period of innocence. Those of you have children, you know, your children, children can walk about naked; they don't even know that they don't know that they are naked. Hello? We, we all walk. We want to go to the villages. Maybe not in time. Go to the villages. Many children are walking around. You don't even know they are naked. Hello? And a time will come when now, uh, we used to call it awareness naba. A time will come, maybe I mean, you have been bathing the child. Now you want to bathe the child. The child is now. I will bathe myself. The awareness has come. You see, that, that time of innocence is over. So, you know, typically, everybody begins life in innocence, and as time goes on, has become more, more and more aware of your of your of your body, your body, because when Adam and Eve sinned, they became aware that they were naked. They now became aware of their body, and they sold fig leaves to cover their nakedness. So as time goes on. As the child becomes more and more mature, then they become more aware of their nakedness, their body. Their body. That's why now they always want to cover themselves. But they were not ashamed, meaning that they were they were innocent. They lived in a time of innocence. Praise the Lord. Jesus said, when we go to heaven, we shall be like the angels. Be like the angels. There shall not be male or female in heaven. No marriage. We shall be like the angels. Everything shall be restored to the way God made it very good. And it shall be very good in heaven. Amen. Clap your hands for Jesus. So let it be known to all those who are now saying that it's not just male and female or man and woman that in fact god created man as male and female and a man is a grown up grown up male uh, a woman is a grown up female even if you ask you who is a who is a, a a woman a woman is a grown up female and a man is a, a male who is grown up Two genders, and genetically, that is how. There are only two genetical, um, um uh, genetical arrangements, basis. A woman has two Xs. That makes a woman woman. Two Xs, and the man has an X and a Y. The genes that control gender are X X a woman and xy for man no other combination no other combination so during um, conception the man donates one if the man donates his x the woman donates his x gene is excess the child is born a girl baby girl if the man donates the y and the woman can only donate a woman is excess can always donate an x then you have an xy and the child is born a boy amen, amen. no other gender no other nothing like you can tr- trans or cross over or swim or fly over there's nothing like that and like that see another human church amen. praise the lord So now, we see man and woman as the crowning achievements. They are the crowning achievements of God's creative work. Crowning achievements. Psalm 8. Let's go to Psalm 8, verses 3 to 6. Psalm 8, verses 3 to 6. We learn something here. Keep right on. Let's learn something here. Psalm 8, verses 3 to 6. Psalm 8, me from verse verse 3. The Bible says in verse 3, Psalm 8, verse 3, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him, for you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the best of the air, you can go on and on and on and on. But verse 6 says, You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. You put all things under his feet. Now the psalmist here, another the of the Holy Spirit said, Ah, when I consider Lord, when I think God of what you have done, when I think of the heavens, everything the galaxies, the moon, the sun, everything that you've made great things showing how great how great God you are how mighty you are by the word of your mouth you made all the stars you made them the the, the planets everything and then you made man man who is lower than the angels man lower than the angels man compared to the galaxy the universe, sun, the moons, earth, everything, man. Ah, so, what is this man at all that you are, are so mindful of him? Man, compared to what you have made, is nothing at all. Compared to the greatness of your creation, man is nothing at all. In fact, man is lower than the angels. You made the angels even higher than man. And yet, it looks like a kokofu. It looks like you pay too much attention to this man. Hello, praise the Lord. So therefore, say, what is man that you are mindful of him? That you give him so much attention, and the son of man that you visit, you even visit him. You visit. You don't visit angels. You don't visit the galaxy. You don't visit the sun. You don't. But you visit man. And then you've made though you made him a little lower than the angels, though you made him a little lower than the angels, you've crowned him with glory and honor. I mean it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. And you made him to dominion over all the works of your hands. You put everything, all things under his feet. So the psalmist is here. As if he's complaining, as if he's saying, The Lord is not fair. I mean, but it shows how much God loves us because you and I, man, was made in the likeness and the image of God. Therefore, God, having made somebody who looks like Him and has image, the likeness gives attention, visits Him, and His mind cares for Him, is mindful of Him not only that but they also crowned him with glory and honor crowned man who is lower than the angels he hasn't crowned any angel with glory and honor he didn't put anything under, under the angel's feet he didn't get them dominion over the earth but he's done all this for man and he's also crowned us with glory and honor praise the lord And this may explain, but this explains why, the reason why, one reason why God does not wish anyone to perish. You see, if God will invest so much into man, compared to the angels, compared to the rest of his creation, if God, God, will put so much into man, give man so much, compared to the angels, compared to creation. Because when the angels sinned, when angels sinned, they were cast out of heaven. When one third, millions and millions of angels sinned, one third, they were driven out of heaven. And there was no place found there for them anymore. They were driven out. And they became the demons. The When they left heaven... They changed, become, they became hideous creatures, ugly creatures, wicked creatures. And these are the demons. Then the, another group of angels also left heaven. They came here on earth and started marrying the daughters of men. And they were very wicked, very, very wicked. They became very wicked. And their children were the sons of Anakim. or the Anakim, the giants who were wicked. Because of them, Genesis says God decided to destroy mankind because of the anarchy. These angels became so wicked that God said, no, these ones, I will not lead them to roam around like demons. So they were chained. They were all group, captured and chained there Were a second group of angels who left their station, who sinned. They were chained waiting for them to cast into hell at the end of time. But when man sinned, when man sinned, God didn't just abandon man. Yes, Adam and Eve were cast out. Not from heaven, but for the Garden of Eden. Immediately, God put into place his salvation plan to get man back. <laughs> Wouldn't you consider that with favoritism? Yes. That's said, ah, What is man that Lord? You are so mindful of him. We put everything under his feet. And then when, even when he sinned, you yourself came to die. You, God, you came to die. To save him. To save him, to redeem him. You, God, came because your requirement was that he, man can only be restored by sinless blood. And the only sinless blood was God's blood. So God came to die for us. Get it back reconcile us back to God that initiative was taken by God we didn't take that initiative, we couldn't but God himself took that initiative he started that process of salvation and that's why you and I are saved today and we are destined to be with God everlastingly, Amen, Amen. clap your hand for Jesus <clears throat> so that may explain why God doesn't want anyone to perish and if you are hearing me now Anywhere on the face of the earth. Remember that God does not wish you to perish. And if you don't have Jesus, you're on your way to perishing. You are going to perish. John 3, John's Gospel chapter 3, 13 to 18. John's Gospel 3. 13 to 18. No one, verse thirty, says, "No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven." That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. Look at that. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven. That is the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. He who believes in him is not condemned. But he, who does not believe in it, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Amen. It is all there. It's all there. Hmm. Moses lifted a serpent in the wilderness and those who saw the serpent lived. Those who see Jesus now will live. He says in fact, if you don't have Him, if you don't have Him now, don't believe me, you are already condemned. You are already condemned. You are on your way to eternal death. Condemnation will not come at the end. You are already condemned. If you don't have Jesus now, you are already in the category of the condemned. And when you come to accept Him, then you are delivered from that power of darkness into. God's kingdom. But as many as believe in Him are saved, already believe, already saved. That's what Christ is saying here. So it's not that things will all begin at the end of time, but things are happening now. If you don't have Christ Jesus, you are already condemned, and if you don't take steps to believe in Him, you stay in your condemnation forever. But the moment you believe in Him, then you don't have to perish. To perish is to die unnecessarily. And praise the Lord. Dead that you don't have to die. Then you go and die unnecessarily. That's to perish. Amen. Second Peter, Peter three, verses eight and nine. Second Peter. 3, 8, and 9. Now, beloved, do not forget this one thing. In other words, you can forget everything, but this one, don't forget it. Second Peter verse 3, verse 8. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years. In a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack or slow. Concerning his promise. As some count slackness. But his long suffering. Toward us. Not willing that any should perish. But all should come to repentance. God is not slow at all. But because of his long suffering nature. Attribute doesn't want anyone to pray. Therefore, looks at his, his tarry. But when you look at it, he like a thousand years is like a day to God. So if Jesus has gone, been gone for two years now, so with God, Jesus has been gone for only two days. So do you agree with me? If a thousand years is as like one day to God, Jesus has been gone for, two, for 2,000 years, that means in heaven... Jesus just, Jesus just appeared yesterday. He just came back from the earth yesterday. <laughs> so if Jesus hasn't come, does it mean that he will never come? To us, it's a thousand years. Two thousand years. But to God, it's like two days. He says, God is not slow. His promises are yea and amen. And finally, church, do not forget this one thing. Among all the living creatures of the world, all that God made, among all the living creatures, creatures that are alive, man alone, come say man alone. Man alone. Only man is equipped. God made man. God put into man for fellowship with his creator. Only man is equipped to have fellowship with the Creator. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. 1 John 1, verse 3. That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Only man is equipped. Only man qualifies to have fellowship with God, with the Creator. Animals don't have fellowship with God. Insects don't have fellowship with God. No other living thing. Has been equipped, have been created a fellowship with God. That's why the Garden of Eden. Amen. I they heard the sound of God coming in the cool of the evening. They could hear God coming. May you hear, may you hear God coming to you tonight, Amen. Holy Godly God. And God comes to us. God comes to us. In the Old Testament, God was Jesus was coming and going. God has a coming and go, come and go ministry. And for Jesus said that no one has ascended to heaven. Even though he was here as Jesus, he said no one, because he used to come. Before he was born as Jesus, he used to come and go. He said no one has ascended to heaven. He will come and go, come and go, come and go. Like, like Moses at the bending bush. or Jesus, who came and met Moses. The rock that out of his water came to Jesus, that followed the Israelites. So he said no one has ascended to heaven except he who has come from heaven, down from heaven. Mean that he had been coming and going before he was born as Jesus Christ. He was in heaven. So, man comes to us to have fellowship with us. And tonight, me Boy Town, Misheka, may God have fellowship with you tonight. Now, when we say fellowship, I wonder how many of you should, we should leave this for the questions and answers time. Fellowship. What is fellowship? Fellowship we know is communion. The same as communion. Fellowship is communion. And a commune, when you say a commune, is a, a, a habitation, it's like a town, um, neighborhood, where people share things together. Fellowship means sharing together. Fellowship means having communion. So, John is saying that what we have seen, what we have seen, and what we have heard, we declare to you. We are telling you. What, what I have seen, what I have heard is what I am declaring to you. If you are listening to me right now, that's what I am declaring to you. So that you will have fellowship with us. So you join us. You join us to have fellowship with one another. But, truly, our fellowship is not just with one another, but it is with the Father with jesus christ you may think that when we come to church oh we are coming oh, we are just coming to say hello hello no 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 though we have fellowship with one another yet truly our fellowship is with god the father god the son and god the holy spirit and that's what that's, that's what said we should therefore not forsake we shouldn't forsake don't leave yourself out Assembling together of ourselves. Whenever we come together, it's not just us coming together, but we come to have fellowship with God. And if, if God is here, has come down, to have fellowship with you, and then you are not here. You are not here. God is always here, but you have a come and go ministry. Come and go. Then, maybe, it will take a long time for God to bless you. And you may not understand why God is not blessing you. Because you reject the fellowship of God. Hello? So 1 John, John 1.3 says, That which we have seen and heard, we declare to you, that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So in the beginning, in the beginning, um, all the branches, in the next five days or so, I want every one of you to read, Genesis see chapters 1 to 5. Is it 1 to 5? Let me check. 1 to 5, 1 to 4. Every one of us, I think 1 to 4. I've, I've cut it short. I've cut, made it smaller for you. Oh, Genesis chapter 1 to chapters, not verse, not 1 to 4, chapters 1 to 4. As you know, we're doing Bible study, we're doing biblical theology, so we want to, you know, it's the Bible knowledge. Bible knowledge. We cannot cover everything. We are taking out the important points. So everyone, the next five days, very easy assignment, homework, prep. (laughs) Just read Genesis chapters 1, 2, 3, 4. And as you read, I time if you reading, uh, may the Holy Spirit fill you tremendously. Amen. And don't read from your, don't read from your your your, your mobile phone or from your tablet. Uh, I I was told that there's somebody who have always been using his, uh, you know, mobile phone. I think what I think when you if you want to read uh, something from a Habakkuk, you just touch H A and then Habakkuk. Is that how it works? You want to get the book of Habakkuk. You don't have to search for it. You don't have to memorize it. You just touch H-A-B, The Habakkuk will come. So when that the person was asked to open the Bible to Habakkuk, for five hours he couldn't find Habakkuk because he didn't know where the book of Habakkuk was. It's always been uh, Google or Google has always been telling him where Habakkuk is. Google. So don't read from your mobile phone. Don't read from your iPhone, not from tablet. Read from the Bible. Praise the Lord. Do you agree with me? Oh, do you agree with me? Then let's clap our hands clap for Jesus. So, it's discussion time. Discussion time. Discussion time. If you have any, any question, any contribution, any answer, anything that you don't understand fully, you have just about 10 minutes or 15 minutes to discuss it. Discussion time. This is a Bible study. We, 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 need to, we, we want to find out how much you understand the Word of God. You know the Word of God. So, discussion time, the next 15 minutes. Quickly. If there's something you don't understand, just raise up your hand. with the microphone. Then you ask. Don't be afraid. Don't be shy. That's how we learn. That is how we all learn. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen.
2: Please, I want to know um, the spirit in man. Before a man becomes born again, the spirit in man, is it different from after the man becomes born again and the Holy Spirit comes to live in the person?
1: His question is that the spirit that is in man, is that spirit different from the spirit that he gets from God when he becomes born again? That's the question. Yes, yeah, there's a difference. The... The, the breath of life, the spirit that God breathed into the nostrils of man is what gives us life. And that is for everybody. Every living person has got that spirit. Every living person has the spirit. And that's why everybody is made up of spirit, soul, and body. So the spirit that you have, that is the spirit of life. Spirit of life that gives you life. When that spirit leaves, then your life ends. But when we become born again, this time you receive, you are given the Holy Spirit, who is God. The Spirit that keeps you and I alive is not God. The Spirit of life, let's put it that way. The Spirit that keeps you alive is not God. So everybody, every living person has got that Spirit. Everybody, whether believer or non believer, we all have it. By general grace. But when one becomes born again, except Jesus, immediately, instantaneously, God gives to that person another spirit, the Holy Spirit, in addition to His Spirit. So while the Holy Spirit is, while the person's spirit keeps me alive, the Holy Spirit keeps that person connected with God. So it's as if the Holy Spirit comes and latches onto join that person's spirit and then and serves as a conduit between that person and God. Therefore the person prays and God hears. Because you have God in you um, then you are changed. So if anyone is in Christ is a new creation when the Holy Ghost comes into you certain things have to go away. Everything becomes new. It becomes new, so that, that is it. And then, when we come born again, you get um, the Holy Ghost is giving immeasures, uh, giving immeasures, uh, beginning with uh, maybe a small cup, then to Ulonka and then to to Galon, and to Budubang, you know, as you go on, giving immeasures. So when we become born again, we are given the measure of the Holy Spirit. Then as you, as you mature, as you learn the Word of God, as you are doing now, as you become more and more knowledgeable in the Word of God, God keeps adding, 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 adding His Holy Spirit to you. A time can when now you are filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you begin to lead what you call a spirit, Spirit-filled life now your life is now we call a spirit-filled life that time you don't control yourself anymore it's the holy Ghost that now controls you controls you it's written somewhere in the bible that oh when i was a when you were a child before you knew god you could go anywhere you liked you, were, you had your own life under your own control but now that you are grown up as a child no one children them you are led by your parents when you grow up, you can go where you like. The Bible said that when you were a child, now you could go anywhere. But when you come a grown up now, someone will lead you by the hand. The Holy Ghost leads you by the hand, tells you where to go, where to sit, what to say, what not to do. Amen. Have I answered your question?
2: Thank you. There's another one. Carry on. Um.
1: <laughs> Did they all give you their question to ask? All? No.
2: <laughs>
1: Carry on. <laughs>
2: Um, you said God wishes everyone to make it to heaven. Yes. But then in your submission I you said something and I understand it to mean that there are some people he created for destruction. I yes. don't quite get that. Very
1: good question. I, I, if you remember I thought on the I I taught a lot some mm-hmm. I think a few years, two or three years ago about can one lose his salvation? Briefly, I want to that question briefly. But listen carefully. You see the Bible says that though that God foreknew, now He knew before. He like He programmed them. God programmed them to become believers. Can believers? He, he predestined them to become to be conformed into the image of His Son. Those like are He knew before. In other words, the theory of election that God, before time began, elected some people. Elected some people. And then pre-programmed them that throughout history, they shall be like Jesus. Now they become believers. For the simple reason that Christ, when he comes, when he comes, he will be the firstborn among many brethren. You see, Jesus cannot come again and find no one here believing in him. After all the work that he had done, he cannot come and then nobody leaves him. So God, God didn't leave this thing to man's chance. God programs some people that when Christ comes, Christ will be the firstborn among many brethren. There are people waiting for him already who are believers, these are the elect. Now, at the same time, those who are not elect, you still, they still have a chance. They have not been cast out. They have not been rejected. They can also believe. And when they also believe, they have a chance to believe. They, they have the power to believe. When they believe, then they are treated the same level as the elect. You get it? Hmm. They are treated the same level as elect because god doesn't want anyone to perish but if if god is to say okay all men should be saved everybody is saved like no no election then we'll not take it seriously we'll joke with it so you cannot tell you cannot tell who is among the elect and who is not As we sit here now some who are definitely among the elects god has predestined you no matter what you do you cannot deny Jesus no matter even if you want to you can't if you try hard you can't you still cannot go away he says as his disciples when he, he said unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood some left him then he asked the disciples do you also want to go away they say, Lord who can we go to <laughs> we are the word of life you see what I mean Jesus selected them he chose them do you also want to go I say Lord go away where where can we go we we can't go away no matter what you we can't go away now some in every church who can never but there are some who come they are believed and god welcomed them because god doesn't want them to perish but these ones in fact the majority big part of the bible is written concerning these ones the bible says that those who endure to the end shall be saved you see uh you inherit eternity if you hold fast your first conf- your confession. Check the Bible. M- many of the exhortations, and encouragement, are for those who come and join. Yeah. And it's not hard. It's not hard at all, because God does not want Christ to come, and then he's the only brother. He has no brothers and sisters. Yeah. Don't forget the days of uh, Elijah. When Elijah thought that all Israel had forsaken God, God said, uh-uh, uh-uh, Elijah, that's not true. I have reserved for myself, I have reserved for myself 7,000 who have not bowed to bow. So these were like under power of God. And if you even cut their they know they don't bow, bow to bow. Even cutting their head, they will not bow. So that's the thing about the elect." And that's why some of us, no matter what, what you go to, you can never go anywhere. You can never some will come and go. Don't go, let them come, let them go. Don't follow them. Praise the Lord. I don't know if I've answered the question.
2: Yes, please. But then it By seems then, to he, me like uh, yes. I mean, it seems to me like I mean those who God has already elected have been given a Paul.
1: Uh-huh. That's how Paul said. And that's what, yes, the question is so Paul said. Paul said, so can we say that God is being unjust? You see, Paul said, what you are saying, Paul said, it. so can we then say, that, okay, has God given some people a poor? <laughs> this, is a, this is what you are saying. Paul said it. So can we say that, okay, so God is showing favoritism? Then he said, who are you, man? Who are you to question what God has done? If God wishes to, let's say, distress some people, to show forth a glory, can the thing that is made say to the one who made it, why have you made me like this? Can with one clay, with one clay, the same clay, God can make verses of honor and God's verses of dishonor? And the thing that is made has no complaint. He cannot complain. The thing that is made cannot complain because he's a sovereign god he knows what he's doing so paul in fact explains your question uh, go ahead and read it you find it i don't have, it's all there he said can the thing that is made say to the one who made it why have you made me like this no you can't in fact it's a very fearful thing and that's why when you you are in the house of god you're a believer you should count yourself privileged. You, you, you should count yourself highly blessed. Whether you are among the elect or you are grafted. Or you are grafted. Count yourself highly blessed. And you don't joke with it. I don't joke with it. I don't know whether I'm, on, I'm, I'm among the elect or not. I don't know. But I make sure that um, no matter what happens, I'm not disobedient to the heavenly calling. That is all. The majority of mankind will perish. No doubt about it. They will perish. Like Sodom and Gomorrah. They were all destroyed. The days of Noah, they were all destroyed. Same thing will happen. But what if God, Paul said, what if God, in demonstrating his power, to show forth his power, you know, decide to destroy many. Who are you to complain? And he said, I'll have mercy. Well, the God said to Moses, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy, and I'll have compassion on whom I'll have compassion. Then Paul said, Therefore, sometimes it's not of him who runs, it's not of him who, who wills. Who who Who's yet? It's not of him who wills. Yes, I will pet of him who ran but of God who shows what? Mercy. May God show mercy on all of us. But when you think of it, it's a very frightening thing. That's why you shouldn't allow things like, things that you don't have take you away. Uh, uh, Because of poverty, lack of money, I want to work I didn't be a Sunday die. Sunday, Sunday Sunday morning mutual do I die? Therefore the writer of Hebrews say, Hey, how can we escape? How can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? If you are very frightened, how can we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at first were declared by those who heard him. But now we're not listening. So now Jesus Himself came. God Himself came to tell us. What I've been saying if people are not listening. so now Christ Himself came. And then God is now also confirming that word with signs and wonders. They could do her. No one can. You can't blame God. Anybody has anybody any other questions through him? I think you are asking other questions for them. So I'm asking whether there is any other question you want to ask. So do you understand? In fact, it's not that simple. It's easy. God has made it easy. So I will say, oh, the word is beyond the sea. He so said, the word is beyond the sea. Who will go and get it for us? On the Or on the mountain, who will The word is near you, it's just available to you. So when the time comes, you have no excuse. No excuse. It's not beyond the sea. Like I said, oh, who will go and get it from beyond the sea? It's not on the mountain. Who will climb out to get it for us? It's near you. The word of life is, in fact, it's in your mouth. Near you in your mouth. Amen. 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 Clap for Jesus. <clears throat> Any other thing? And we have heard. People can redeem and say, hey, my no, maha. Demons, yeah, maha, yeah, maha. hey, hello. So, when God, when the Bible said God rests on a seventh day, does it mean that God took a nap, God took a sleep, or what did God, did God go to sleep? That's my question. Baba Bible said God rests on a seventh day, does it mean that God took a nap? He went for a siesta, he slept for one day on a seventh day. Anybody? How do you understand that? Yes, you no. Know. When they say God rested on the seventh day, does it mean that God uh, rested, he took a nap, or could die? Praise the Lord.
3: Hallelujah.
1: When we, when we say God
3: rested on the seventh day, yeah. that, that doesn't mean uh, you, you, you've worked. And you've got tired, and you've laid a bed, and you've gone to sleep. <laughs> that, that, that that's the that's not the way the meaning goes. No. Uh, it means that uh, if if you are if you are a a, a human being, yes. and uh, you, uh, you you uh, you let's see, you want to have things in the peace of divinity. Like uh, some of us, the uh, Christians, at yeah. times we like to use our own way to try to find our way. Mm-hmm. Like, do things with our own power. Mm-hmm. You see, so if, uh, in, in terms of divinity, like, you want to have things in a very comfortable way as far as God is concerned. If you want to have that thing in a comfortable way, if you want to uh, 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 take Jesus into consideration, uh, let's say
1: you have that thing
3: let's see. Are we all saying or You are
1: saying it. Uh, <laughs> <I'll> carry on. You <laughs> <We, laughs> are saying, let's see. but are we all uh, saying uh, it? You are saying uh, okay. 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 Let me see. Uh huh. Let me uh, see. Yeah.
3: For you to come, mm-hmm. uh, for if you are finding difficult diff- that difficult of attaining whatever you want to attain.
1: Yes.
3: If you come to Christ, it's easy for you to. It, it will be easy for you to attain that It means okay. that when you want to have rest. The rest can be related to something that you want to have in a very comfortable way. I
1: think you have have answered my question. Okay, bless you. So what is the importance of, for us, last question. What is the importance of that seventh day? Therefore, some people call it a seven-day adventures. What is the importance? God did everything in six days. On the seventh day, He rested. God hallowed the seventh day and blessed it. How do you see it? This one for, for 10 CDs. Anyone anyway, can, who can answer this one correctly? I'll give you 10 CDs. Here and now. Are we giving 20 cities? CDs? Or if you get it wrong, you we'll give me 5 CDs. <laughs> Plus 1 minus 1. Yeah, there's somebody. At the, oh, are you answering? You want to try?
2: Yeah, I want to attempt. Okay. Um, seven stands for the end of a cycle. Okay. Um, therefore, I understand it to mean that. Uh...
1: <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> okay, give me. See. Let us also try. Who, who is that? Who wants to try that? Uh, okay. let <laughs> try for us. The, the seven days, the Sabbath. God, God hallowed it and blessed it. Uh, amen. Have you, have you finished or you are about to start? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Praise the Lord. <laughs> to my
3: understanding, mm-hmm. I think Sabbath day is the day
1: which is preserved for we are kind to of worship Him. Worship Him. Yes. That is true. Okay. Now, Let's like go into. Uh huh. Okay. Hey, uh, 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 somebody wants to get a 20 cities by all means. <laughs> the way I can see, she's ready for the 20 cities. <laughs> Confident. It means that. Mm-hmm.
4: What it means is that all the work we have done in the six days. Mm-hmm. On the seventh day, mm-hmm. God blesses all the Excellent. work.
1: Excellent. Ah, why are they far? Uh, why are they uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I should increase it to 40 cities <laughs> because you use the exact words that I was going to use you see in 6 days you shall do all your work in 6 days I shall do all your work but the 7th day is the sabbath on that day you should do no work God has reserved like Seth said God has reserved that day for his worship because God wants now to bless the work that we have done You have done the work you have done all the work in six days. Now you come to God on a Sabbath day, and you bring it like bringing the work before Him. Say, Lord, I know I So now, Bible says God blessed the seventh day and hallowed it. He blessed. It's not that the day, but the the the, the, the those who 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 observe the seventh day, the work that you have done, that's the day that God blesses that work. Otherwise, you we'll go around Monday to Saturday, we'll go around, round, round, round. You we'll see anything? But if you just come before God seven day Sabbath and worship Him, God sees the work that we have done the six days, and then He blesses it for you. And then next week also you start again. So don't forget that. And that's why the rather we said, do not forsake. Don't forsake. Don't leave yourself out. When we come together, they are assembling together for ourselves. Don't leave yourself out. You have done a lot of work six days. God, this all oh, is working six days. Now we finish Saturday. Now Sunday morning, this is not a time to continue working. No, that you work, work, you see any returns? You go, God, you are not, you are not allowing God to bless the work for you. Praise the Lord. You understand that? It has worked for me. That's worked for me, and I know that it's working for many of you. But please let it work for all of us. Let it work for all of us. So, how many of you knew uh, Josephine's answer? Maybe we are, we are shy or we are afraid to say it. How many of you knew the answer, but well, because of shyness, because of shyness, <laughs> she has a question. Yes. Do you understand that?
4: Hallelujah. Understand the answer you've given us very, very clearly. And that is how it should be. But in these modern days and the times, you find some Christians who say, well, I have to work on Sunday. In our company, we work Sunday. So they don't come to church. They can't come to church on Sundays. Or they don't come to church on Sundays. Some are going to do courses. And their courses are all. You are listening. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: You are listening. In uh-huh. Jesus' name, take this.
4: Some are doing, uh, going attend, doing programs mm-hmm. at uh, various places. And uh, the programs are all uh, weekend programs. So on uh, Saturdays, Sundays, they are, they can't, they don't, you don't see them at all. Then they are Christians. So all the, well, I don't know, but uh, they are Christians. So such people in this day and age, how would this um,
1: well, help if, them? Well, if, if you were me, which you are not, uh, <laughs> if you were me, which who, who, who you are not, uh, I will not, I will not accept to do any course or join any institution if the course is being run at Legon on Sundays. You can do the same course at um, Jimpa during the week. You know, where there is a will, there is a way. You know. But I will not accept to do any course that will, that will take me away from the house of God on Sunday. Imagine I am doing some course. I, I, as a pastor, I don't come to preach on Sunday. I, I, what do we say? You see, you, you think that we pastors are already for by force and say, but I swear. By force and say, but I swear. In fact, I will not accept to do any work or to do any course that requires me to attend lectures on Sundays. Because see, these courses are being run by unbelievers. Note that. The courses are planned and run by unbelievers who don't even believe in God they are not Christians. And in fact, the devil is using them, to me. the devil is using them to take people out of the house of God, get people to hell. And therefore, they will plan. They will put examinations, exams on Sunday mornings. Exams on, you agree with me? Yeah, Sunday morning, that's when they are doing the exams. So do you think that you, you, think you will pass? <laughs> <laughs> or you will fail? <laughs> You <laughs> will fail. You go and do it on Sunday. You will fail. <laughs> they, will, they, will, they, will, they will put lectures on Sundays. And every one of the week, there are no lectures. They will put it on Sundays. That'd be very, very careful. Be very, very careful. The enemy is very smart, and we shouldn't be ignorant of his devices. I will not accept to do it. And you know, on funny, on funny course. course. Bible says there are some who rise up early, early, and they go to bed late. They sit up late. Oh. And yet they eat the bread of sorrow. Where brethren and But God gives it to his children easily. What you rise up early. And, and sit up late to get God gifts to his children. Have I answered your question? I will not? And in fact, if you go and do exams Sunday morning, you will fail. <laughs> if you have to work, if you work and the work is an emergency, if it's an emergency, we're like, we're working in a hospital. And they put you on duty. And it shouldn't be on every Sunday. If you have emergency. Um, work hospitals, ambulance, <laughs> these are amazing yes, to save lives. But if you are going to apply for work, you want to work, and the work said, badma Sundays. Leave the dead to bury their dead. Lead the unbelievers to do that kind of work. Never. Twenty-five years ago when God came into ministry as a doctor, I was afraid that, oh, if I'm going to preach, and Sunday I get an emergency, what do I do? And the have said, oh, operation if I can't come. How can I, how can I cope? So I was going to stop medical practice. I was going to stop medical practice and just do the work of God. So that the medical practice would not interfere. Sunday morning, when I'm supposed to be here, then. Emergency at General Hospital. But God said, No, no, I shouldn't stop as a doctor. I should continue to work. He will give me the grace. This is what God said. He said, I, will, I called you as a doctor. I made you a This is what God says. I made you a doctor. I will give you the grace to do my work and also to work in the hospital. And all those years, about 25 years or so, not once did they call me. On Sunday morning, not once was there any emergency on a Sunday morning. Not once, oh. Not once. So you see, if you decide that this is it, God will give the grace. God will give the grace. You see, I You you Don't beer. And also, the di Sunday morning we are in so my O ko beer Guinness. <laughs> now, we are Sunday rally sha we are in sha so beer na apro. Apro. Mo mu beer pro da. O di be pro. Na I worms won't you ask? Go go me. Any other question? Yes, we take the last one at the back. Let be very careful. At that time, it look like oh, exactly. Oh, like but now God will be watching you to see what you do. Hallelujah. Amen. So I wanted
3: to find out: um, with the Sundays, is it uh, acceptable to work after church, or the whole day? You are not supposed to work.
1: Oh, if if church is over, you come before God, everything, now the rest of the day is yours. And you have to do some work. That 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 is okay. To me that is okay. But don't use the time that you are supposed to come before God to get that blessing. Now we have demand for more money. Hmm. But the point I sorry at two o'clock, three o'clock, okay. Now say what maybe uh what store? Be able to store. It's not like the old, old, old when they say you shouldn't do anywhere. After the SGA people, they say don't do anywhere. Don't even cook. Don't even cook food. I know an SGA woman in a town in a, in a central region, or a big store, big store. Saturday morning, he close, she closes the store outside. No, a beer door. No, in the house. There's a back door. People are buying through the back door. Now, okay. My shop is closed, but it's open at the back. Have I answered your question? Praise the Lord. But when it involves using the time, to come before God. That one, don't do it. God will not bless your CJ's work. God will not bless it. God will not bless it. People will put pressure on you. Put pressure on you. Tell them that Sunday is here. Sabbath. Don't work. They will understand. In fact, they will begin to admire you and they may even follow you. You see that you are uncompromising in your faith. Amen. Amen. Let you on our feet.
0: thank you for participating in this teaching service we believe you have been blessed by the word you're welcome to visit us at emma Community five of pv or being run about god bless you and we hope to see you next tuesday